Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, is Daryl Summers heading to court as a dispute with his former business manager turns nasty. Comedian Josh Thomas faces a huge backlash over comments about casting and will open the TV Black Bolt for all the juicy gossip about the TV industry. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello, Black Boxers. Welcome to another big edition. Yes, we're late this week. While Big Brother's on, we will be coming into your podcast feed on Thursday mornings. But it's a big show. I'm Rob McKnight. You can find me at Rob underscore McKnight. Sarah Monaghan beams in from the other side of the world. Sarah Monaghan, who you can find at Shrimp Tank on the socials. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Good evening. And if you were on video, you could see Mock and I have matching haircuts this week. It's amazing. That's actually true. Oh, it's wow. amazing. It's very, very true. It is. Are you going to tell the story about the lesbians who docked next door? They thought oh. I was hot. <laughs> I've got friends that have said the same thing this week. I showed them that photo. I tell you what, they were... That's an appropriate... Oh, there's no appropriate words that I could come up with. Moving on. But they said... The viewer's advocate... Thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) The viewer's advocate, Steve Malk, is here. Just search for him at Malk's TV Talk. Scratch that. Steve Malk. I've got to update that auto cue. Hello, Malk. Hello, mate. Two lesbians docked next to me and didn't think I was hot. I'm having a crap week. (laughs) (laughs) Benjamin J. Norris is his name on Twitter, but to us he's just good old Benjamin. Hello, Ben. Hi, Rob. I'm just really worried about the name TV Black Box Mm. if we're going to get the cancel culture. All boxes matter, man. All boxes, whatever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, we're going to get to... But, Rob, I need to ask you really quickly, why did you call it? What's the origins of the name? Why did you call it TV Black Box? Oh, yeah, because I'm completely racist and thought I'd just put the black... You heard it here first. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. Bye. (laughs) How do you hang up? Or it might be the association with the black box from an aeroplane and this is where all the information is stored. You know, whichever one you want to go oh. for. Hey, Rob, that's, uh, thank yeah. you for sharing that. Why don't they just make the plane out of the black box stuff? I know, right? Good question, Too expensive. Oh, Longest intro ever. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> uh, and there's someone else here today, someone who hasn't appeared on TV Be Black very Box good before matters. and may never again, depending on how the episode goes. She may never want to see us again. We love her, though, and we'll welcome her back anytime. I'm get, I'm, I will bet my bottom dollar. It's Evie Jones, ladies Yay! and gentlemen. Hello, Evie. Yay! 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 Oh, we have a real star. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you for having me. No, you are a real star because Sarah and I always talk about it. We're like, we want to go on I'm a Celebrity and Channel 10 won't put us on there. One day. But you, my friend, 
are a celebrity because you've been on there and not only have you been on there, but you came second. Mm. Come on. That's right. That's true. But you know what? It's, 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 renowned for celebrities that you've forgotten. So (laughs) you're not dead yet, as my mother would always say. You're not dead yet. That's exactly it. Your time may come. Jenny had, from Hey Dad and Ben from Big Brother, it may right. come. You had the best <laughs> TV gig, though, of all time for mine. And I'm not talking about Gogglebox, which we all loved and got to know you from. You best got to ever. be on The Bachelorette, not yeah. as The Bachelorette. You got yeah. to be there supporting your friend Angie, helping her weed through the crap and sort out the dudes. And yep. I've got to tell you, sister, what a great position to be in. Just go, he's shit, he's shit, he's all right. My goodness, he's <laughs> Uncle Spunk. I think the best position for Evie was the day when Kieran was doing the life drawing and <laughs> yeah, she got well, a bird's eye view. I, <laughs> I got to see a naked man mm. and say the word penis over and over again, <laughs> which I was so glad nice. they edited in. To so grown up. Because yeah. it just was so immature. Mature and I just couldn't stop saying it like a Tourette's. <laughs> like, it just got, oh, penis. Every time I looked, it was penis, penis. Yes. And I'm really Love glad it. that they used so much of it. All right, there Brilliant is so television. much to talk about tonight, so let's get on with it. And the former business manager of Daryl Summers has threatened to sue the Gold Logie winner over claims of cruel treatment. In a lengthy press release, Alex Matthews says his legal team are finalising proceedings. Matthew goes on to say, I consider that the Summers have treated me appallingly and, in fact, cruelly, in contravention of particular laws as well as in violation of generally accepted standards and norms of acceptable and appropriate behaviour and conduct. Entertainment reporter Peter Ford broke this story and I spoke to him a short time ago. Peter, this is a pretty big deal, isn't it? Well, it's a big deal in one sense. I guess in in another sense, because Daryl has said nothing at all, it's sort of like keeping a, a sort of lid on the story for a while until, and if it does end up getting into a courtroom. Uh, you know, clearly Alex Matthew has said a lot of stuff and he's put it out there. And uh, I suspect that Daryl is going to dispute it. I suspect that Daryl is going to say um, he's a disgruntled ex-employee and and there's a reason why he's an ex-employee. But that's only my assumption because Daryl has said absolutely nothing. He may be very wise. He may be just thinking, I'm going to keep my ammunition until we get into the courtroom. Do you think it will go to court? Obviously, any court case can be very expensive and be... Um, there are losers on all sides when things go to court because things come out that you wouldn't expect or don't plan for. It would be messy. Yeah, well, the monetary aspect obviously isn't a problem for Daryl. But I I think that, yeah, it's a dilemma that anyone who is famous and and wealthy has. If there is a problem, do you pay out the money just to make it go away, even if you don't think the person deserves the money or should get the money? But... It's just, in your mind, nuisance value and you just want it to get out of your life. Um, and then, of course, what you do then is you run the risk of people saying, oh, you know, he paid out because he didn't want to get mm. to court because he was... You know, that is that is a dilemma that all rich, wealthy, you know, famous people have whenever they are in a situation like this. If Daryl thinks this guy is um, making false claims, would he go all the way to defend himself? Um, I don't know is the honest answer. I mean, Daryl is obviously um, 
a businessman, he's a performer, he's got a reputation, you know, he's a high-standing member of the community and he has every reason and every right to want to defend his honour. Uh, but this is all... I'm surprised how it's being played out, actually. I, I would have thought, even from Alex Matthews' point of view, that he should have maybe kept all this until he, he you know, had a word of whether it was going to court or not. I, I don't... I guess Daryl also has the option of saying, well, I'm going to play it out publicly as well. He's putting out press releases. I'll put out press releases. Mm. But then it just becomes a, a, a sort of a tabloid smorgasbord. Um, and I don't think that... I think Daryl's being very circumspect to not buying into that, you know, tempting though it may possibly be. It's interesting. There's no doubt the business manager or ex-business manager has used the press to try and get... Um, to force Daryl into a position, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Well, I think it would... Yeah, look, I, I obviously can't tell you what's going on in Daryl's mind or the other man's mind either, but he must have a reason for wanting to put out a press release. Mm. If you're dealing with this via solicitors, you don't need to go and put out press releases mm. and announce it to the world. So he must have felt there was some motivation or reason to want to go and do that, and that's clearly not any motivation or reason for Daryl to do that. He's staying absolutely circumspect. Well, it's going to be fascinating to see if this actually ends up in court and how far it goes, whether we'll have more press releases. As always, Peter, you are on top of the story. You are the man in the know, and I really appreciate you joining TV Black Box tonight. Good on you, Rob. Take care, mate. Well, Mog, these are obviously claims, and we must be specific about that, but would certainly make for an interesting story if this plays out in court, wouldn't it? It'll be an amazing story. And look, Daryl Summers is uh, a highly respected entertainer within the Australian industry, and and this is absolutely something I'm sure he's very upset about that that you know these claims are being made in that regard, and and I can understand that, um, mate. Given how long that Daryl has been in the industry, you would expect if any of this is you know going to got some some holds water, then there it's just stories to tell. So it's absolutely compelling from you know the, the viewer's perspective because we love hearing about our stars on TV. We love hearing even more about the stuff mm. behind the scenes that we haven't been privy to. And there's certainly uh, early reports suggested ex-castmates were willing to take the stand. That's obviously not yet proven. Once again, mm. um, you know, what people say and what they do are two different things when it comes down to it. So uh, it would be very interesting if this goes to court and uh, it's certainly one we'll be keeping an eye out on, that's for sure. Absolutely um, damning testimony from Pluck a Duck. me. <laughs> 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 Mr. Summers, Mr. Summers. <laughs> Could you imagine what? Oh, that little hat would say, Mr. Goodness Judge, me. Mr. Judge. Yeah, that'd be great. The things I've uh, seen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Bauer Media, publisher of TV Week, New Idea, Woman's Weekly, Woman's Day, and other major titles, has sold its extensive Australian magazine portfolio to private investment firm Mercury Capital. The ABC is reporting the sale was a massive loss compared to the 525 million. That oh. Bauer initially paid oh. for the magazines. Just recently, Bauer bought Pacific magazines for 40 million from Channel 7. Evie, this is a game changer for the industry, right? Is it? Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, can we just talk about how much it got bought in the first place and how much it just got sold for? Well, oh, there's reports wow. it got sold for as low as 50 million, which is only 10 million more than what they paid for Pacific Mags. So that's a So bad did all deal. of the Pac Mag stuff go with it as well? Yeah. Yeah, everything Shit. went with it, didn't it? So they unloaded all their magazines. Yep, they're out of yeah. there. 
Holy yeah. crap. And everyone's lost their jobs, haven't they? I mean, that's what. Just well, this about. is the unknown. This is the unknown. That and, and, look, if you have more information than me, please bring it up. But I think there's a lot of unknowns about what's going on because there's certainly been a freeze on freelancers recently uh, yeah. from Bauer Mags. Um, there have, there's certainly been belt tightening. And now it depends what um, this new company wants to do with the magazines. I would guarantee a lot of them will go by the wayside and suddenly the big players that make money will stay. Sarah, what do you think? Um, does this mean that they're going to turn into the Daily Mail where they have to rip off everyone else's story because they can't afford to find it first? Do you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sarah's come to play today. <laughs> like every Sarah, time I do an article. Mail, no, I love the Daily Mail. They write about my shows and my website all the time. I won't have a bad word said about them. I know, but I always know when I've done an article and I know when I'm going to get a check soon because normally magazines, you know, throw you a couple bucks for doing a story where they actually know what they're talking about. But I always know when it's come out because I get a Google alert from Daily Mail because they've already ripped <laughs> the story off before it's even hit the newsstand. Yeah. Interestingly, Daily Mail has actually become one of the biggest websites in the last month or so. It's overtaken news.com.au and is only just behind the ABC and maybe one other. But there's been a huge turnaround in the digital space and the magazine space as well. This is one of those things that is a big changing um, field, Ben, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think the one thing that I've noticed recently is checking all the websites at the moment quite a lot for different programs that I'm on. Uh, (laughs) The Daily Mail has started doing really sort of heavy crime-focused articles. Like the top of their stories is like, in Britain, um, heroin slayer removes neighbour's neck and head. And it's like... Jesus, these are most some really, really like over the top headlines. No, true and the crime most... works. We know that. Yeah, yeah, but that's what the Daily Mail is now. It's like Kim Kardashian's camel toe and Ken's decapitated next door neighbor. Like it's just doesn't. It's but is just that like, a bad oh thing? God. If that's what's working for it. Is that a bad thing? You know, like, is, are other websites not moving with the times, Evie? I th- yeah, I, I think that they are simply the one of the biggest now because of their tenacity. They will mm. not stop. Um, well, they and they just, do cover everything. Everything. Like, yes. everything. And, yeah. like, and what, what we want to know, they're covering, like, crime now and things like that. So they're mm. going to stay at the top. You, you just have to keep up. Um, I think who the people that have bought Bauer, I mean, are, are they known for taking risks and, you know, because you, the whole media is just has to change. Print media is obviously a dinosaur. Well, isn't it a hedge fund that's bought Bauer? So basically they will cut costs. What they will do presumably is cut costs, um, cut production, Get it down and then sell it for a profit. That's what hedge funds try to do. Right. Um, so there's this has all been breaking today, and so there's a lot to get across with this one. So it's certainly but something. Evie rel- I think Evie um, raised a point that she was going to, and that is that in media at the moment, that if people are going to survive, they're going to need to take risks, yes. and that's across everything. It's not just print. It's television. It's radio. We need to look for unique voices and tell real stories and connect with people authentically, and that's what's really missing. You can't just create a magazine called Woman's Day 50 years ago and then expect that everyone's going to subscribe to that if you've barely ever changed it. Like they need to make some real changes and reflect what's actually happening in society and get Carrie-Anne Kennelly and people like that off the front cover. Well, and stop telling us that Jennifer Aniston's pregnant for the 80th time. Hang on, is she pregnant? (laughs) Carrie-Anne? Not Carrie-Anne. Daily Mail do all of those things. 
but they also um, just they've cornered the market for some reason. I agree. That you know they're not saturating, but. They're just right. Like they just seem to be there and there's a clickbait about them. What I find intriguing about the Daily Mail is every time I check back in with that website, it's refreshed, there are new stories. And I think that's a key for me that if they want return visitors, you want to know that when you go back there, there's new information. And and this is part of the issue Bauer faces is, is it, or the new company, is it a digital media company or is it still in the magazine business? Mm. Now, there's still money to be made in magazines. Uh, and Bauer are saying mm-hmm. our, our selling Australia shows that we're committed to magazines because we're going to focus on magazines elsewhere. I mean, that's the biggest load of spin I've ever seen. Yeah. It's gonna, it's an interesting space and one we will keep a, across, even though we're TV-focused and it does affect uh, TV Week, what happens there. We've already seen Thomas Woodgate, the former editor of TV Week, go. So there's mm-hmm. lots of Dead changes happening. magazine walking. Yeah, uh, it is. I love uh, the TV Week. Oh, we know, Ben. We know. Week. Sure. And it's fine that we all love it and it's great and it holds a super place in our heart. If I'm Mercury Capital and I come in and look at the numbers, mate, it has got no hope of hanging around. Uh, Actually, TV Week does because TV Week's readership is actually very strong and the only time TV Week's readership goes down is when people die. (laughs) They're all dying, Rob. (laughs) Comedian Josh Thomas has been accused of racism after he accused Coon Cheese of, well, racism. In a Twitter post, Thomas posted a picture of a block of coon cheese with the caption, Hey Australia, are we still chill with this? It was soon pointed out to Thomas he himself had been insensitive during a discussion around casting during a writer's room roundtable discussion at the Sydney Opera House. So it's like, Josh, you know, like what what do you want the 7-Eleven worker to look like? And it's like, um... Do you make them Indian or is that offensive? Or then if you make them white, is that like a bit like you're lying really? Like, so so then it's like, but like finding people who have been given the same opportunities where they then get to go and be great at acting is really hard. But none of the other shows are hiring people that aren't white. Finding an experienced actor that's not white is really hard. So then you find yourself in a situation where you're like, we want to be more diverse, but this person it doesn't have as much experience as this person and then it's hard to know what to do. In that clip, Josh talked about how hard it was to find experienced actors of ethnicities, but users pointed out that Josh himself was not an established actor when he starred in Please Like Me. Sarah, is this a case of let he without sin cast the first stone? Has has he not heard of Bollywood? Um, Anyway... Um, yeah, if you follow a car for 500 metres, you're going to give be able to give someone a ticket, right? So, like, no matter what anybody says, some journalist is going to be able to go through someone's Twitter or Instagram and find something that they're offended about. But I think the... The racism card is just being used so much it waters down actual racism and people need to, like, just chill out and save their outrage for actual events. I think Sarah raises a really interesting point that there is... We are in the middle of cancel culture right now, whether Mm. it's cheese, whether it's TV shows, and in a moment we're going to get to Faulty Towers. Cocoa Pops. Yeah, Cocoa Pops, all that kind of stuff. Sarah, I think you... I think, Sarah, what you said is that it loses its impact. And the real issues aren't taken. You know, like, it's interesting. There was a real discussion going on there. And, yes, it was a white panel. But there was a discussion about um, casting in this country. And it's a very fair point to say that, well, when Josh became an actor, he hadn't had experience. 
Very fair point. Very fair point. Um, but there is sometimes that decisions have to be made on the ease of a production and finding the right people and trying to build ethnicity. I don't think it's an easy discussion. And I actually, while I think he was stupid about the coon thing, I mean, that's just ridiculous. I, I, you know, like it is difficult, I think, when you're trying to run a show and make all these choices and tick all the boxes. And I, I, I'm just not going to criticise everyone for every decision they've made in the past. You know, we're at this turning point right now, aren't we, Mulk, where we're realising the issues and everyone, I feel, is going forward with the right intentions. Isn't that a good outcome? Yeah, I'll be the unpopular one. Um no, I'm not sure that everyone is going forward with the right intentions, Rob. I think that right. there are a lot more people that are, and we're becoming a lot more aware of some of the issues. Um, just to, I guess, help correct some of the record, not that Josh needs defending by any stretch. Um, when he was cast in Please Like Me, he wrote it. Yeah, that's it. For himself. A- a- absolutely. So Good point. Them, him being cast in that role was the ABC saying, Josh, we want you to write something. Yes, we're happy. It's about you. Great. Here's the budget. Go and do what you need. Um, The question around finding the right people to cast, that's a difficult one. I'm not even in the middle of close to being to understanding how some of that works. I completely appreciate there are challenges finding the right person. Um, There needs to be risks taken. Um, Briggs dropped a great... Uh, I guess, comment in response to that on Twitter where he was talking about the fact that when he first acted in um, uh, the Indigenous comedy on the ABC, he'd never acted in his life Hmm. Um, and he had never written comedy in that context and now he writes uh, for Matt Groening. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's, it's it's always that first step. Find the opportunity, find the right people. Um, the, the challenge around the Coon thing, look, the, the difficulty is while... It was ham-fisted on Josh's part. It raises a very clear problem that for our Indigenous community in Australia, there are still people that use that word as a slur. Which is outrageous. When they're referring to... 100% outrageous, Mark, but we're talking about a cheese named after a man who came up with the process of making cheese. So... You know, yeah, we're, sure. not, we're not just talking about that because there are people who are truly offended by that word. I see mm. cheese, coon cheese, and I can't even say the word because of how often it was used when I was growing up in a derogatory term. I saw people responding on Josh, what Josh Thomas had to say that, oh, I mm. had that thrown at me as a child and I tell you what, I've hated that word ever since. It, make, it makes my, my skin. And I'm like, why is this any different th- to the Australia Day changing of the date and things like that. If, you know, if we're really offending people with the best intentions, however, but it it is it has a connotation of complete offence, then please can we start listening to these people for a change? I think Josh Thomas um, having something to say as a white privileged man is... It, 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 we're just bad timing at the moment. All of these white mm. voices speaking, you know, we don't even have a black p- a person of colour on this panel tonight to even mm. talk about. I'm quoting a, a person of colour and we're talking as w- white privileged people about something that another white privileged person has said and I think we need Can I as ask white what does white privilege people. mean? Because I grew up in Housing Commission. You know, we were very working it means class. Your co- the Am I white privileged? Skin. Absolutely. The yeah, colour of 
yeah. your skin has given you mm. open doors to things that people without the colour of your skin simply and, don't and have. Amy, even I, I if don't you agree with any of bridge. that. But you know, look, we're a TV podcast, so we won't spend too much time talking about the coon thing. But I understand, and I grew up, and I heard my friends be called that term. So I get the whole thing about coon, right? So I lived mm-hmm. in a low. Seriously, low working class area in Minto with a, a, a high Indigenous population. So I've heard that term all my life. But my take on this here is that this is a man's legacy that has nothing to do with that. So we're going to wipe a man from history because of his name, because of the connotations other people have put on it. So he did something amazing. He invented processes and he did all this stuff and the the cheese was named in his honour. It wasn't named as an insult to a population. And I understand that it's an no. insult to a whole population. Yeah. I get it. And it's I, I, I don't tolerate it at all. But I do have a problem that there has to be a balance somewhere. Yeah, Maybe does. we could just teach people not to be racist. Well, that yeah, would be great, That would Sarah. be fantastic. But we can't, change, we can't change his name. But we can change the, the name of the cheese. But we can the change our attitudes. Our Rather than yeah, changing absolutely. our names, let's change absolutely. our attitudes. Sorry, Ben, but, you, you know, wanted you to can... say something. No, I just was going to say, look, I think that there's so many different ways that you can come and look at this. Like I've got a friend named Gay. Does that mean that she's gay? No, it doesn't. Uh, well, and you know, that should used she to mean change happy. her name? Yeah. You know, mm. and that's one category. Not a bad and so that's term one either. No, but see, that's just one thing. But then when it comes to this, and I've already been on records talking about this, saying do the research, find out where the name came from and understand that it was someone's name. Yeah. However, it was it's just like anything in my life and that is that I will argue something all day and be naive and then somebody will give me a relevant piece of information and it makes me see the whole thing differently. And so what happened to me this afternoon when having a conversation with a friend of mine of colour and they said... I get that you're trying to protect a dead person's legacy because that was his name. It's no longer meaning that anymore. It's far outweighed a racial term and it is genuinely upsetting people. Do I agree that Josh Thomas came out with the right intentions when he brought it up? Absolutely not. I think he was looking for a headline. Mm. But do I think that Coon should change its name? Probably. And if they don't change their name, can they do something at least... To support the fact that they've acknowledged yeah. racism. Or put a raccoon on where we need to be. Well, I don't necessarily <laughs> think if that is a good idea. Just put some rack on the front of it. You no, know. no, no, just put a picture it's of a raccoon. It's not a Molly Meldrum's house. Just a little <laughs> picture of a David raccoon with hat. a little black and white tail. Right. Raccoon well, look, cheese. While we're on this issue, John Cleese has let rip after an episode of Faulty Towers was removed from streaming services in the UK during the week. The episode called The Germans was temporarily removed due to racial slurs. Ben, should old comedies be removed or should we have the choice to watch them in context? I am going to say something here and feel free to tell me off for this, C.B. Oh, Jones. Up, but ben. No, you, <laughs> Sorry, I came in too early, didn't I? No, she knows me well Let enough. him finish it at least. <laughs> Evie and I would be culturally appropriate people who try and do the right thing. Do we sometimes do the wrong thing? Yes. But we once one afternoon sat there and watched someone's Instagram account where they played re- like old clips of Hey Hey It's Saturday that were totally inappropriate and we had a bit of a laugh and, you know, all all of that. But then now when you ask me about whether or not these shows should be taken off air, 
I know that I'm going to cop a lot of flack for saying this because I loved Faulty Towers and I loved Hey Hey It's Saturday. And before I was educated, I loved blackface. But once I was educated, it slowly has eradicated what I'm actually willing and able to laugh at. And the more and more that I do the research, which I ask people to do and find out how people are feeling and how to protect the minority, the more and more I think that shows like Faulty Towers and Little Britain and, you know, uh, Summer Heights High, or any time that these, anyone has been offended, even if it is a small minority, we need to look at it and we probably should cancel it. Have you seen a movie called Fahrenheit 451? Yeah. It's a movie book. where they talk about, and it's in the future, and they've taken every single book, magazine, TV show, movie that offended anybody, even just one person, and they've destroyed it. They've destroyed the entire past. They've destroyed everything. And in it, it's even more kind of racist because there was something about, like, to kill a mockingbird and the white cop says to the black cop, well, actually, they're the fire department because they go and burn all the books. And the fire department is turned into the department that burns books and they hunt books down and burn them. And he said, well, we had to destroy them all because your people were offended by it. And this whole thing of like throughout the movie is about how we had to destroy everything because one person was offended by it. And it's like, do we want to become that society where we have no knowledge of the past? We have no context or meaning to anything because we've literally destroyed everything because one person was offended. And I think the way that we learn is that we see something and we can make that thing and look at that episode and go, wow, that was really racist. I should not mm. do that. You mm. know? And, and I think that a lot of the way, you know, I watch things, you know, now and it's like, did they really say that shit? Mm-hmm. Like, did people yeah. get away with that? Thank God we're more enlightened now. But if you don't have that reference point, if you don't have you something learn. that you can point at, it's like, you know, taking off Gone with the Wind because we can watch that and be like, holy shit, is that how they really treated people? But if you just yeah. erase it and pretend that that like that slavery didn't happen, that there wasn't the antebellum South, if you pretend all of that, does that really make it go away and does it make it better for the future generation? Like that's my question is how does erasing culture and erasing the past help the future? Can I ask a question about this? And, and Mark, I know you want to speak, but can I let me ask you a question, guys. So there was a show called Love Thy Neighbour where really offensive terms were used, right, mm-hmm. really offensive terms. There was a white and black neighbour living next door to each other and the white neighbour was an overt racist. Mm. Yep. But the point of that show was the black neighbour always came up trumps and the white racist always, and I mean always, failed, came up second, lost everything his racism, his attitude to life turned him into a loser. Yeah. And yet people look on the surface of that show and would say, never watch, never show Love Thy Neighbour again because it's racist and it uses those terms, which it absolutely does. But that wasn't the point of the show. The point of the show was how stupid this man was for having these attitudes. And John Cleese makes the same point about that episode of the Germans of Faulty Towers, that the general says these horrible things, but no one's in that episode. No one looking at him looks at that and goes, yeah, he's right. They look at him like an idiot, like of old school thoughts, like why would you think that? And so we 
we've got to stop looking at the surface and look at what we're actually these creators are trying to say and what they're doing because it's really simple to say he used the n-word get it off tv it's not as simple as that and by taking away art we do risk going down the path of the movie Sarah was referencing, Fahrenheit 451, where we destroy everything that someone finds offensive because you can't – and, I, Evie, I take your point that we're a white panel. That I, I take that point. But even within an Indigenous community, not everyone's going to agree on what's offensive and what's not. There will be some sections who say, I don't care. I'm more worried about my son getting bashed to death in a police yeah. jail cell than yeah. I am whether – you play a, a show on television. I don't care about that. I don't care about Coon Cheese. Uh, you know, we're getting bashed by police. We're getting killed by police. You but know, that was there's... my point, listening to them more than us. A hundred percent, right? Yeah. But I'm not into cancel culture at all. I don't think anything needs to be removed. I yeah. actually don't agree with censorship. Uh, yeah. I think we need to have warnings. We need to explain. We, you know, when I was in 1994, when I went on Kentucky tour through Europe, <gasps> 22 countries in 11 days or something like that. Um, 20, the 22 one, fellas in 11 days. Um, please. <laughs> please better probably. than that. Um, the, the, be, the, the one thing about that tour was you could everything was included um, but every time you went to a different city, you um, were opted to do more. Like, do yep. you want to pay for this? And, you know, you can go yep. and see the girls, you know, doing this and blah, 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 or the, 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 the whatever. Anyway, when we got to Dachau in, in Germany, it was the one part of the tour where the tour manager said, this is compulsory. This is something that we need you to see. Um, and the reason we do that is because of, how, because of how important it is to see atrocities, to not wipe history away we need to use it as as a form of education you know and i agree with keeping all shows on um but having explicit warnings about what they Fine. mean today yep. and how yep. much we can learn from them i mean you remember the movie the birth of a nation i mean imagine if we weren't allowed to watch something like that and just mm -hmm. how our educational sarah was just mentioning fahrenheit 451 handmaid's tale is another perfect uh -huh. example mm -hmm. recently that we can see exactly what happens when you start to cancel things out or you know use censorship um i think the more we speak freedom of speech is extremely important because most of the time people um dig their own holes and we need that we need to let people do that absolutely um, pickle me grandmother, Evie, uh, Rob, mm -hmm. fancy that we have nuance um, in our conversation and understanding. <laughs> the challenge that we have in the midst of this is that we are a long, long, long way off appeasing just one person. There is an awful lot that we can do uh, within the entertainment community alone, thinking mm -hmm. about the nature of content, what it means, what it represents. Um, I think I'm going to absolutely mocks this up. I think it was either uh, an ABC series or it might have been a Netflix series that in showing one of these older shows, they put up a title card before it and said that the views expressed in this show were effectively of the time. Yep, fine. Um, and that, you know, they are not, you know, we, we understand now a whole lot better that these are not, you know, appropriate attitudes and those sorts of things. Um, you, you brought up the example of, of Love Thy Neighbour. We had a very own example of exactly that here in Australia, Rob. It was called Kingswood Country. Yep. Mm -hmm. With Where Ted Bullpit was and when they horrendously, 
racist. Yeah. And Bruno always racist. came up trumps. Every that time. That was the always point. Came up exactly. The, the difficulty is in both of those shows, the racist slurs all had laugh tracks under them. How funny is it to hear him say the racist thing? That yeah. is the problem. That is why the nuance never got seen and heard because I love my parents to death. They sat me down and I remember watching Kingswood Country and them laughing at him saying horrific things. Mm. And we never talked about how great is it that Bruno won in the end or he managed to get away with the Kingswood or where's the money that he should have left on the fridge. None of that. It was just, oh, it's another funny show. Good work. How great was that? So that it was, was clearly only my... the payoff, wasn't it? That was clearly the payoff for 100%. being able to be so racist was that the, the minority won every time. But we never got that at the time and we were still but, just funny. But, but did he, we need to get it? To... Did, was it something we were absorbing, though? You know, like, uh, uh, Mark, you raised oh, a really we good point. It, Sorry? We were absorbing it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the problem. We were absorbing it and hearing the payoff that – Apart from the nice little twist at the end where the, you know, the, 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 the person who was being, you know, being racist upon won, for the rest of the show, we heard all of these very funny racist things to say. Yeah, yeah. look, yeah, I, I actually right. take that point. I what about things like Acropolis Now, which was, you know, everyone, I mean, they said wog and they said all those things, but it was said by them and they turned yes. it around and That's used it as challenge. an empowerment It's the thing. same as yep. black comedy on the ABC Now. Yep. Indigenous people writing comedy about their experience yes. Yes. allows them to add venom or add voice to it. Same with Acropolis Now, Wog's Out of Work, all of the Nick Giannopoulos yes. stuff. Because they're developing their identity and their experience yes. and exposing it, they can cut straight to the heart of the jokes around the wog stuff because mm. that's what they grew up getting called. Mm. Yeah, and as I said, it's listening to their voices. Mm. We're finally, we, you know, letting their voices be heard, which I think is so, so much more important than anyone is giving, you know, it, it credit for. We need to um, stop talking and start listening more. As the, as the majority. I would also say that a lot of TV executives listen to this podcast, so now the ball's in your court. All right, now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with Sarah. Thanks, Rob. As confirmed by TV Black Box, Jim Wilson is the new drive presenter on the nine-owned radio station 2GB. The new role became available after previous host Ben Fordham moved to breakfast to replace Alan Jones. The move means Wilson is parting ways with Seven. <laughs> Ticket TV has announced a new show called Inside Entertainment. will air every Wednesday from July 1st, featuring interviews and analysis of the week's top headlines and trending topics. Hosted by journalist Jake Chalinor, Inside Entertainment takes on the business of music, television, radio, comedy, digital, social and technology. The ABC has won two awards at the world's largest competition for outstanding children's television for the Australian series Hardball and The Unlisted. The ABC Me programs were the only winners of the prestigious Prix-Junet International Awards, which were chosen from a field of 400 children's programs from 59 countries. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Thank you, Sarah. Still to come, Mog brings us up to speed with the primetime reality TV ratings race. And Ben will open the TV black bolt. Get ready for the juiciest gussy goss goss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And Robin Robbo. Media executive Rob McKnight. Something brand new is coming to your social media feed. Big Brother winner Ben Norris. This is something bold and informative with a side of humour. And journalist David Robbo Robinson. It's truly going to be something different. Ben Robin Robbo Show starts April 20. Go to tvblackbox.com.au slash BRR for more information. It's a Ben Robin Robbo, Ben Robin Robbo, Ben Robin Robbo Show. Yes, don't forget the Ben Robin Robbo Show, which is making headlines Every week, every week we're being picked up by the Daily Mail, news.com.au, WSFM, KISS FM. It's all over the place, Ben, isn't the it? The lawyers. The lawyers. Yes. <laughs> Mainly the lawyers. Oh, no, no, no. No, it's actually really funny. When when you can you coerced me onto joining this podcast, a.k.a. I asked to join, um, <laughs> I never realised that I would uh, get in the Daily Mail as many times as I, as I, as I have been and I realised how empty I feel afterwards. Mm. But, uh, well, no, I feel the, empty when I'm not point. in the Daily Mail, to be honest. That says a lot about you <laughs> and less about me. Yes. Uh, but what I will say is that, yes, we definitely do manage to break a lot of stories and I think sometimes we break a few hearts. But, uh, <laughs> look, what is this? To watch the Ben Robin Robbo Show, watch it on Ticker TV at 1 o'clock every Monday to Thursday or go into our social media feeds, facebook.com slash show, or on Twitter, follow us at show. It's very simple. Malk, uh, what's happening in the binge box this week? I don't know, something. We're just talking about television. Who cares? But we talk about TV. You oh, review what TV. A promo. Uh, <laughs> what? Can't wait for Mom, that one. <laughs> You've got to keep the undersell in there. That allows me to go, Rob, there's so much happening in TV Binge Box this week. Last week's, uh, what do you call it, group binge was Celebrity Gogglebox USA. And you Ooh. might be surprised where we all land on that. Uh, almost as one voice, I'll add. Uh, this coming week's group binge on TV uh, Binge Box is the Amazon Prime Australia original series, Last One Laughing, hosted by Rebel Wilson and starring, I think it's eight Australian comedians trying to make the other laugh with the last one that hasn't, scoring 100,000 of your Australian dollars. Oh, wow. Yes, good money. That sounds great, actually. Uh, I might have to have a look at that. And in the meantime, Mm. Malk, there's a big battle going on at 7.30 each night with between 7, 9 and 10. Let's find out what's happening in the reality TV ratings. Is there? I hadn't noticed. Just when you thought, friends, and and look, I need to uh, sort of preface this with this statement. You'll remember, uh, long-term listeners of the show, that last week, we all made some bold predictions about the Big Brother ratings. <laughs> we also made some bold predictions about how good the show might be. Here we go. When you thought that too much discussion about Big Brother was enough, remember we could be talking about the Today Show. Ring the bell. Um, so that's it. It's gone. No more Today Show. 
when we talk about Big Brother, we have to talk about last week, launch week, and this week. There's two very different stories here. Ratings-wise, it caught everyone on the hop Monday last week as Big Brother slid just into first place with an average of 883,000 viewers, Five City Metro, on launch night. Mind you, Channel 7, split coding it three ways is honestly straight out bullshit. Here's the start of the show. Here's the show. Here's the eviction. Here's an ad break. Oh, and their commitment to like shorter ad breaks with less ads lasted for two ad breaks. By the time they got to their third and fourth ad breaks, they were four and a half minutes long with 11,000 ads in them. Oh, really? It was bullshit. So they did it for two and then they went, oh, that's right. We need to make some money. Um, Mm. It was crazy. Monday, uh, Monday night last week, which was in most of the sort of states, the Queen's birthday long weekend Monday, MasterChef still pulled 854,000 viewers against it and The Voice nabbed 849. So it is a super tight three-way with BB needing all the lube it could get to win by less than 5%. (laughs) Thanks very much. That's exactly the response I wanted. Big Brother did taper mildly in week one, swiftly overtaken by MasterChef, which must have left 10 bursting with pride, given that they pulled 1.016 million viewers versus 830,000 and then 975 versus 777,000 respectively. So Big Brother, still respectable numbers, let's be frank. 830 and 777 is the best numbers that Seven have seen for any series all year. The voice shrinking to two nights a week and MasterChef reducing to three at the front of the week has left Tuesday nights open to a two-way showdown, Big Brother versus MasterChef. And as we learnt very quickly, sorry, Nine, in 2020, reruns of Kath and Kim are not competition. That lasted one week. So this week, it's been a markedly different story. MasterChef has again owned every night it's been on. Sunday, 945,000. Uh, Monday, 954,000. And Tuesday, 952,000. Huge numbers for MasterChef and consistently in that mid-mark. The Voice is also close competition when it's on air. Sunday, 924,000. And Monday, 941,000. Uh, as I said, Nine swiftly dumped Kath and Kim for repeats of paramed- uh, not repeats, additional episodes of Paramedics and RBT, which on Tuesday night this week drew 447 and 350,000 respectively, which I think, my maths are going to be bad, were about 200,000 more than Kath and Kim last week. Made it tanked. It was not, not a great idea. Week two has not been so kind to Big Brother. Just as I asserted, this week... It looked like this. On Sunday, it drew 688,000, Monday, 657, and it got a Tuesday bounce, thanks to nine, landing on 792,000 viewers. Where will the numbers fall next week? Who knows? Who cares? I don't know. All this goes Mm. to show um, is, as has been with the determined for other shows, other programs, the noise on social media does not necessarily equate to TV ratings. Before I go, we should note that the AFL returned to seven last week with a bang, the highest rating home and away game in seven years, drawing 1.002 million viewers, five city metro, and a massive 
668,000 viewers in Melbourne alone for the Thursday game last week. And the Friday game performed as strongly, helping Seven to win a week uh, in the 16th ratings week of the year. But that's only one of three for the year so far. It's a pretty diabolical situation at Seven. Guys, I know Rob and Ben, you guys are Big Brother fanatics. Which it lifted last night. It lifted on um, Tuesday night. So It did bounce, but it was a two-way street. It was Big Brother versus MasterChef. Yeah, I, 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 and and there's no doubt that when the three are up reportedly against them, a better show too, right? Like it, last night had a big twist. It was, it was, a, it was a great show. And the big takeout from me, Mulk, is it's nice to hear you're finally going through the change and your voice is dropping. Um, <laughs> this is because I care too much. Are you sick uh, at the moment, uh, Mulk? I think I'm coming Do you have down the with Rona? the Rona. Yeah, yeah. As long as, that, <laughs> thankfully, we're on the Zoom, so Come we're on, not in the same room with you, but. Uh, Mate, you really uh, – uh, thank you for giving us that because it sounded like a bit of a struggle at times. Um, I, I re- want to know what Angie's been watching. You mean Evie? Oh, God. <laughs> I want to know what Angie's been watching. All the time. That's the horrible, the horrible, oh, said, horrible. Yeah, say it again and I'll answer it. Oh, no, we're know. leaving that okay. in. We're You're totally ready? leaving no, that no, in. No, no, no. Okay. I'm going to say it again. Oh, my gosh. It's I want to know what Angie's Mark, been Your face watching. has gone so red, it's not even funny. I, I'm actually going to hold up my hands and co- get a bit of a tan off the off. Yeah, there's some the real heat coming from burning. Mark's face at the moment. Ooh, Wait, I'm gonna it was red like that on. when I saw gonna... Evie in the first instance. <laughs> no, it's okay. Look at it. It's fine. I'm I'm obsessed with Big Brother. Always have been, always mm-hmm. will be. Um, I did an absolutely huge... Uh, Instagram rant on my mm-hmm. stories watching it the other night and I got such a massive reaction for it. Um, I was basically saying how um, it's so similar to Survivor. It was offensive and that the... So similar. Well, we reported on TV Black Box, it's Survivor in a warehouse. Always has been. That's what it was. And that's just a bad, bad decision because you know what? Survivor is Preach. brilliant and perfect. Don't touch it don't go anywhere near it just idolize it for how it needs to be idolized and big brother is its own beautiful experiment that Mm -hmm. you know people absolutely adored and it seemed to fall away from towards the end of you know the australian seasons because they were just the casting was so hard Uh, that's what i believe um Mm. this this try making it like survivor is just it's it to me it was so it was it looked so fake and it looked so wrong and it looked like a bad bad copycat of a really great show and mm. a really bad version of another really great show mm. but it is it. starting to redeem itself um i still think its biggest mistake is obviously um voting each other out which i'm kind of yep. coming around to now but it's also, the other mistake is letting them all talk to each other about nominations and evictions yep. because we are not getting to know these people the way they're Bingo. probably getting to know them. Um, or mm. they're That's the going thing I miss the most. Yeah. That's what you watch Big Brother for, right? That's yeah. the experiment. Yep. Yeah. Friends, you know, if you want to catch my full rant about Big Brother, listen to TV Binge Box from a week ago where I unload on the format. <laughs> the short answer is exactly that. Because there's no daily show, because we have zero opportunity to buy in until the finale, we're not getting to know them. We're getting a highly edited right. who gives a shit version yeah. of the cast. I, yeah, they're not I, I absolutely said I was concerned about the casting, but they've got it. They they did all right. It's been great. I, I, I have actually loved it, Mug. I've loved it. It's just a different show. That's all. 
it is. But look, it, it is, is for but the it worst. Is, I reckon it's coming. It's coming good now. You know, there's a twist and there's you know things like that are happening. But they've the old format. They edited every day for us and our mm. reaction to it, which was so beautiful because we were yeah. so involved in it. I feel Even so. We're going to have to get you on the Eye on Big Brother podcast to talk about this, Please. which we do after every episode <laughs> of Big Brother. We have our Eye on Big Brother vodcast and podcast. Um, where we talk to old contestants, we get special guests in, and we've got Reggie from Big Brother. So, uh, you know, we won't bore the people here with it. We'll do it on the <laughs> on Big Brother oh, podcast. And I just want to say, officially, I'm glad you guys are loving it. Seriously, like that's I awesome. Am. That's what television's about, right? Yeah, it's not everything for everyone. It is. You, some people will love stuff. Some people will love other stuff. Um, the the awesome thing is that there are people getting involved in it. Cool. Yep. And um, watch this space. There will be a second series. Yeah, guaranteed. The mm. challenge is that they lost me after three apps. Mm. Well, go back to it because it's getting really it good. Is. You missed episode four, You've which is the back. best of the series. Yep. Episode five and six is just still kicking along. Nah. Thank you, Mog, for that incisive commentary. And now it's time to find out what's happening in the world of TV as we oh open the TV black vault. <laughs> <laughs> I love Amy's face when I'm doing that. Good God, Evie, woman! You can come Pull back yourself every together. week if you're going to laugh at that every week. I, I, you can stay. Don't encourage bad behaviour. <laughs> Number one, we're going into this. Oh, just a small footnote. Every week, I have been revealing one of the three, but I actually had to reset my phone and I lost all of them, and I could not be bothered going back and listening. Till the end of last week's episode oh, ben. to reveal one, and do you know what Just I think? Say it's happened? a legal think... issue. It's a legal issue. Ah, uh, it's a legal issue <laughs> that I can't tell you. But I will tell you three new ones, and next week I will definitely reveal one of Unlikely, them. Unlikely, but thanks. <laughs> Number one: Which TV star took to slamming their co-star's face on a table during a publicity tour? Oh. Evie knows. Evie, you I can't know. answer because I, I know because I just told, told me. her the story tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone could pretty much guess who who it is. Look, you come at me through a Benjamin J Norris on my Twitter and see if you can guess. Was these. it intentional? Number two is yes. Okay. It sounds like a real I think it went like, type thing. I think it's go. I think it went something along the lines of "I've had enough of you, you cheeky monkey." Cheeky Bang. monkey. Alrighty, moving along. Number Coco two. Pops is that racist? We're going off on a tangent. Topic, number sorry. two. Yeah, number two before I have to do one. Which current <laughs> reality TV star isn't wasting any time on preparing a radio career? Oh, God. Ooh. Evie Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wasting a second. Evie Jones, thank you. Right here, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear her. Yeah, could have heard her over summer on the Hit Network. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, that was fantastic, by the way. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. Full props to you. You Bring and Grant were a great team. It. it was a great yep. show. Thank I, you. I don't know why it hasn't been made into a thing. And not yeah, once did he call be. you Angie. Not I once. Know. I mean, I wish, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, which show is this? Number three, the cease and desist has been sent. And producers have now started running mad trying to fix what looks like to be a massive ticking time bomb that may shut down this series <gasps> that has been going for nearly 10 years. 
Oh, I think I know this one. I think I know well, this one. Well, you know what to do. Get on to Benjamin J. Norris on Twitter and send him which one you want to know the answer to. In the meantime, that is it for the TV Black Vault. We're closing it up. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> it's closed. It's not unnecessary. That's all that is. I overdid I that because I'm loving Evie's reaction. I'm playing up to it completely. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of TV Black Box. Uh, it's been another great episode. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for having me. And also, for anyone that noticed throughout today's show, my slurring is because I've been drinking and Rob's slur is because he has also been drinking. <laughs> Sarah, thank you very much. Well, good morning, everyone. I think I'm going to go back to bed now before I have to be up for the morning bell of ding, 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 9am. Mark, thank you very much. Oh, I wish I was going to bed to be up before 9am. <laughs> and Evie, it has been such a pleasure playing with you tonight. Come back oh, again, oh. please. <laughs> Play with me anytime. Oh, my Thank God. Thank you for having me. Jesus Christ. And that is TV said, Black be Box. be nice to the guests. Don't forget to go and review us on iTunes. Give us five oh. stars and lots of lovely reviews. We'll see you next week on the TV Black Box. 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.